Hello and welcome to A Time to Live with Amanda Jane Cooper. Hey, that's me, and I am so glad that you are here. This podcast exists to be a breath of fresh air just for you. And one thing I know for sure is that your time is really precious. So thank you for sharing it with me. And let's get into A Time to Live. (laughs) Good morning, everyone. Good morning. (laughs) It's literally the morning. It is. (laughs) But there's nobody else I'd rather wake up for than you, oh Miss Amanda Jean. Y'all, I'm so excited. Lauren Boyd has woken up from her Broadway schedule. <laughs> it is a Monday morning right now. This woman <laughs> is literally in previews the original Broadway cast of Bad Cinderella on Broadway. With Andrew Lloyd Webber. Yes. Can you believe that? Come on. The man himself. The man himself. Like, thank you. Lauren and I have a have a long history. Yes. We shared the same opening night in Wick. <laughs> What's the show? Wicked. <laughs> I was, it's so early in the morning. I was like, wait, do I say in Wicked or on Wicked? Like, okay. Um, in Wicked on the first national tour in 2011, right? We shared yes. the same opening. April in Fort Lauderdale. April 19th. April 19th. Wow. <laughs> That is crazy. And the only reason I know that is because I had just closed West Side Story, well, my contract of West Side Story on a Sunday, flew on a Monday, and opened on a Tuesday in, or like started rehearsals actually. So it was wow. Is that the actor's dream or what? You close a show, you fly. And you do another show. I wish I had taken a break. <laughs> <laughs> okay, let's. <I> mean, <laughs> but yes, it is. It is the dream. It was. It was perfect timing for me at that time. But also, the dream is wisdom. And absolutely. <laughs> so now that we're a little older, With we're, time and age come wisdom. We so. we can say rest is good. Um, is. Okay, let me just introduce like the overall kind of bio of Lauren Boyd, so that you can just be. <laughs> So excited for this conversation. Um, Okay, so Lauren Boyd is a true triple threat. I feel like you can't say that about everyone. Um, I would consider myself a two and a half threat because I'm a strong mover, not a dancer. Uh, (laughs) No, but Lauren Boyd is truly one of the most talented, gifted performers and dancers on Broadway. Um, Absolutely. She hails from Southern California. Uh, You have seen her all over the country with, like she said, West Side Story, as well as the national tour of Wicked. You have seen her on Broadway in, drumroll please, the Skyless Sisters. What am I talking about? I am not throwing away my shut. <laughs> can I can I book it? I'm just kidding. absolutely, absolutely not. Um, Hamilton, you guys. <laughs> she was in Hamilton on Broadway for six years. Wow, wow. We're gonna talk about that. Okay. <laughs> she reopened with the company after the pandemic. She was part of the company that reopened Hamilton on Broadway, and now y'all, she is in Bad Cinderella by Andrew Lloyd Webber. <laughs> Lauren, I just love your heart, too. You also have an organization called Broadway Babes, where yes. you bless, uh, you go and you teach some choreography to our elderly friends, mm-hmm. our senior citizen friends, mm-hmm. which is amazing. Thank you. Um, I love them so much. Yeah. They inspire me more so than I think I inspire them. They're just incredible. They have they have so much wisdom, and I, I want to be around people who make me better yeah iron sharpens iron yeah so that's why I'm here with you (laughs) you're so sweet because you're so amazing well I want to say um for those of you who don't know this is Amanda speaking if you don't know my story um I basically was on tour with Wicked in 2011 as Glinda like I said Lauren and I had the same opening night And I was at a time in my life where I was very lost. Like, on the outside, everything was great. I was literally in a shiny bubble every night, but my personal life was just just a big hot mess. And um, I would later move to Los Angeles, come to faith in Jesus, and get the opportunity four years later to go back and uh, reprise the role of Glinda on the road and then ultimately come to Broadway with her and... Uh, the Lord just really made a way for my healing. Mm-hmm. Um, he changed my life. But Lauren, I want to say, I remember every single night, every 
day, eight shows a week in 2011, you would, I would be like harnessed into the bubble and you would walk up to me and grab my hand every single show. And you said a quote and I cannot remember what it was, but it was some quote about light. Maybe you even just said like, go be a light or like, Something about light, but without a doubt, you like looked me in the eye with this reassuring gaze and you squeezed my hand and you gave me this gift every single day. And it was before I sort of really understood what it was to walk with God. And I Mm -hmm. just wanted to say like, thank you so much for being such a light to me in a time that I was like so uh, needing it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, like I said in our prayer, you are a light. And I think I was just speaking the truth of what I saw. Mm. And the Lord, um, he, he, I'm a very shy person Mm. in life. And growing up, I didn't have many friends. And being a dancer, that was the best way I could express myself Mm. was through dancing. So even just sitting here talking to you this is a way out of my comfort zone and I'm nervous so like (laughs) um, but the Lord has presented me with these opportunities to actually speak what he's speaking through me to others Mm. and that's probably what was happening in that moment I don't even remember what I said to you Mm. because I was just being obedient in that moment and saying what he needed me to say. Yeah. And I've had many people come up to me and say that I had, there's in bad Cinderella. One of the musicians came up to me. She's like, Oh my gosh, Lauren, do you remember me? And I did not remember her. And I felt so bad. And I'm like, I have this big smile on my face. Like, where do I know you for? I, I could not tell you where I knew this woman from, but she said, you came up to me and said, you can do it. Or just said, I said something. I don't know what I said, but I just was apparently just speaking into her. And she's like, and look at me now. Now we're in the same show together and I'm playing for Andrew Lloyd Webber. And I was like, wow, that is incredible. Because it, it must, I must have meant it at the time. Of course I did, because I don't speak without really being um, intentional. Right. Um, but I just, I was really just humbled by that because even in my failures and even when I think that I'm not, good enough to be here in this podcast or good enough to be um, around people who are so talented. Um, It's nice. It's a nice reminder that it doesn't matter because the Lord is still using me in those moments. Mm. And uh, like, I'm getting emotional. I just, you know, Mm. he's just so good and so faithful. And a lot of times I fail. Mm. A lot of times I fail. And he just reminds me like how, um, how favored I am Mm. to be his child and and even in my failures like I'm I am blessed yeah yeah and his grace his grace is amazing (laughs) I thought I can't talk about it enough (laughs) he's so gracious it's so true I'm looking up I want to yeah second Corinthians 12 9 but he said to me my grace is sufficient for you for my power is made perfect in weakness absolutely wow therefore I will boast all the more gladly about my weaknesses so that Christ's power may rest on me yes (laughs) you were talking about before these words that you spoke to people that you don't remember Mm -hmm. um I was reminded of that uh, scripture that says there is power of life and death in the tongue and just how, how life giving just words can be absolutely like a kind, encouraging word. I think sometimes I underestimate the power of that. And then when it's given to me, Mm -hmm. it's so impactful. And then to see it impact others is, is really beautiful. It's a gift that he's given us that um, capacity to encourage each other. Well, I've learned from you too. Um, just how encouraging you are to your fellow castmates and, um, you know, constantly posting um, and lifting other women up, other castmates up. And, and, uh, you know, when I first joined Hamilton, that was really difficult for me because I, you know, I thought I was a big shot coming in and then I was humbled very quickly Mm. because everyone is super talented. And so it took me a second to like, like, pull myself back and go, whoa, okay, maybe I'm not as good as I thought I was. And, and, um, and so it gave me an opportunity to go through this molding and shaping within the next six years of 
okay, who's the cast member that I want to be? Do I want to be the one that's like always, you know, like insecure and, and, and unsure of herself and like maybe that affects the relationships I have with my other castmates mm. or do I want to be the one that's like encouraging and and lifting each other up because their success does not affect mine. Right. And the teamwork the, of it too because it's like oh, you, you need to. each other every night. Have to. You yeah. have to. And so that has been way more successful for me is just being um, a teammate and and on on the same team um, as my castmates. And that makes for a better show, too, because the ultimate goal is to tell this beautiful story for three hours. And if you're all not on the same page, the audience won't get it. Mm. And sometimes as performers and. I don't, I don't know if you feel this way, but I think a lot of people do it for selfish reasons mm. because they get the fame and the applause and, you know, they get a paycheck every week, things like that. But for, for me, I realized how selfless it is because we have to put ourselves aside no matter what happens in the beginning of the day. Mm. If we've had a bad day, if we've had a family member we've lost, if we've had a wedding that we couldn't go to. Um, a birthday we couldn't attend, holidays we've missed. We've had to put all that aside so that we can come tell this story to 1,300 people who are in the audience every night, eight times a week. Yeah, And that is a sacrifice. I think about also just that you don't know what those 1,300 people have also been through in their day. So it's like laying aside your stuff so that you Mm -hmm. can just be present and serve this story and your heart to them to connect with them wherever they are. Because who knows if if this is the, you know, this is going to be a transformative experience for them or this is the joy they needed in a really hard week or a family member's going through a diagnosis Mm -hmm. um we've had people who have had heart attacks during the show and have not made it oh so i it's i'm it's crazy it's crazy so like it's someone's first show it's someone's last show oh my gosh so it's (laughs) not to get so so dark so quickly but um it's just a good reminder and I always make sure to sign after the shows because, first of all, that was me, you know, on the other side of the gate asking for um, these actors to sign my playbills. And that inspired me. But secondly, these people, they come from all over the world, mm-hmm. spend their good earned money to come see me. Like that is just wild. That's so cool. Wow. Um, so I have to... Uh, Make it not about me because the, the story is what um, we need to serve in that in those three hours. So good. So, yeah. And speaking of, um, you know, folks that you get to meet after the show, I just want to say thank you because yes. I <laughs> was given an opportunity to connect you with uh, a friend of mine whose niece was terminally ill and yes. Hamilton was her favorite show. Mm-hmm. And... You just, without skipping a beat, were so gracious to her. You spent all this time with her chatting about the show. I think you guys even had a phone call or something afterwards. Oh, yeah, we had a Zoom. Yes. Um, just meeting her was so beautiful and her family so wonderful. And, uh, you know, brain cancer is no joke. Mm-hmm. And she was just such a, a light and... And I, I knew that, um, you know, this was a special moment for her to come see the show. So I really tried to make it special. Miguel came down, who, uh, Miguel Cervantes, who played Hamilton, came down. Um, a couple other people came down, and it was just, uh, I think James Mineral Iglehart was there. He oh, came, he came so and sweet. spent time with her, and um, so it, that to me. Um, was the least I could do. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I was like, what What can I do in this moment that I have access to that I can, you know, um, make this girl's day? And, and her mom and her aunt still reach out to me, um, which is beautiful. So I love that. I'm uh, I'm interested. You know, Hamilton is such a mammoth of a show. And I want to talk about Bad Cinderella, which you're currently ah! in. <laughs> uh, but before we hop to that, can I just, like, what was that call like when you booked Hamilton, which was your Broadway debut? 
Yes. You played Woman One, mm-hmm. who covers uh, Peggy, Peggy Schuyler, and Mariah Reynolds. Wow. Yeah. That's a lot. <laughs> <laughs> how? When, I don't know how you do it. Oh, I mean, you. first of all, because the Woman One track is like so intense. Yeah, it's very dance heavy. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Okay, sorry. So tell us what, <laughs> what was the call like? Because the process was quite grueling, right? Yeah, it was very long. Um, I started auditioning in April of 2016. So the show had just opened. They still had all of the original cast members there. And I had just moved to New York City. So I'm like, I'm going to do the thing. I had closed the Wicked First National Tour the year previous. So I took one year sabbatical, basically, Mm. um, and just like regrounded myself back home in LA and moved to New York City and then a month later, my agent goes, um, they're auditioning in L.A. for Hamilton. <laughs> so, oh, dang. <laughs> so I flew back. I met Andy Blankenbuehler and uh, Alex Lackamore for the first time. I danced for them. I got all the way through the cuts, which were um, my shot, room where it happens, um, and maybe one other other one but I remember listening to the music and going wow this is like good I really like it (laughs) I probably should see this show at some point but of course you couldn't get tickets and they were so expensive and I was like there's no way that I can see this show but I was like but I want to be in it really bad yeah so after meeting them I I sang for Alex and and Andy was like, do you happen to have uh, an extra headshot and resume I'm also casting cats on Broadway and I I was like, absolutely, because you're always told, like, to make sure you bring extras. Yeah. And I, like, found a stapler real quick, put it together, and I was like, wow, well, even if I don't get Hamilton, like, maybe cats will do something, you know, that'll happen. Yeah. Uh, but Andy was really, really kind um, and and kept his word. I got to go in for cats during this time, and maybe a month later, I went back in for Hamilton. They were doing it at Ripley Greer. Um, in New York City, and this audition was another really, really long day. Um, it was intense. We're dancing. We're learning even more choreography to different um, parts of the show, which is brilliant because, like, you're learning most of the show as you're going on, even during the audition process. So they're, like, saving time later if you book the show, which I thought was <laughs> Just so brilliant. Uh, But I get through that rehearsal process. They bring me in again. I think it was like a total of nine days of them having me audition. If you add it all up within a span of, this was April, May, June, July, August, like six months, August-ish, September. Wow. Um. Because uh, that included this boot camp that I went to, which I was a part of the very first boot camps, um, because they knew that people couldn't see it, they couldn't afford it, but they wanted an opportunity to bring people in that they were really interested in to uh, teach the show to, teach the music to, Mm. and almost have like a mini VIP performance for the creative team. Oh, wow. Which is terrifying (laughs) no pressure I know so um we were thinking okay we're gonna we have the this week to learn it and then on Saturday I think it was we were going to um present it for all of them and this is before you're booked before wow and so how many how many dancers are here maybe 20 it's a full ensemble oh wow so they bring in um yeah, like 15 people that they're interested in. And they partner you up and they put you in a track that they think that you might be interested in doing. Or mm-hmm. not that we'd be, that they think we should do. Um, so I was, I originally learned Woman 3. She's the bullet. Mm. She's the bullet track. So I, I did it. learn her track. Um, and on like Thursday or Friday, they basically said, uh, I think we've seen everything we've needed to see, so we're not going to do the presentation on Saturday. <laughs> and all of us kind of went, oh, okay, um, well, I hope I did a good job, you know? like Right, right. But for me, I went in with the idea of, okay, I've already booked the job. 
this is just their opportunity to see what it looks like once I've been hired. Because we were getting uh, paid for that week, which is incredible because... That's great. They, yeah, it's 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 the correct thing to do. It's the right thing to do. It's yeah. the correct thing, <laughs> especially for the week. Yeah, um, for sure. So for me, I was like, I'm already on their on their payroll. So mm. let me just stay on it, you know. Let so. me just stay on it. <laughs> and that was, and I think that really helped me to just be like, you booked it already, you know, you got the job. Yeah. Um. So out of that boot camp, there, I think I was the first one to be hired into their company because the woman won at the time, Carly Bettyol, who's wonderful, she's beautiful, so talented, and was the original woman one. She's in the movie. Um. She was leaving and they needed an immediate replacement and I just happened to have long dark hair like her <laughs> and uh I think we're both Italian I don't want to I don't want to speculate but um uh so they it was just it seemed like a perfect kind of fit I guess for Andy in his vision um to to have me um take over the role of woman one and and it was just incredible I found out when I was flying back home to L.A., I took my um, phone off of airplane mode. And when you have an, a missed call from your agent, you know that's a good thing or, you know, so or not so great thing. But this was I knew it was a good thing. I was like, <laughs> uh, so I I called her back and she's like, you're going to make your Broadway debut in Hamilton. <laughs> and I started crying and screaming on the plane and everyone just like looked at me all weird. And of course, I couldn't say anything. So it was just so exciting and um, just so wonderful. And, and uh, you know, the Lord has, has really given me favor. And every time I, I look back and I think about it, I'm like, wow, how, how blessed. And, and who am I? Who am I that he's given all of these wonderful gifts to? And, and he, he knew from the beginning. He knit me in my mother's womb and said, you are going to be in on Broadway and in a place that can be dark sometimes. Mm. So I, I, I just kind of just, I get blown away. <laughs> I really do. Even now I'm like, I just like meeting Andrew Lloyd Webber for the first time. I'm like, this man is a legend and I get to meet these people. And, and, and then the next day I'm talking to Lynn Manuel Miranda and I'm like, what is happening? <laughs> How how is this happening? I am yes. not worthy. You know, I I don't feel worthy sometimes and 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 he just continues to bless me. I I don't know. I'm just blown away. I can't even <laughs> Girl, I love your humility. I also know I you posted that you had prayed specifically that you would be part of an original Broadway cast. Yes. Like 5 years ago you started praying that? Um yes. So I I made a a 1-year goal, a 5-year goal and a 10-year goal. Mhm. And my f- one-year goal was to uh, make my Broadway debut. Mm-hmm. I have it on a blackboard. It's still there. And then my five-year goal was to be on the Tony Awards 2023. No. Yes. And that's going to happen. I'm, <laughs> I'm, they haven't officially announced that we're going to the Tony Awards, but I know it's happening. But basically. I know it's happening. How could you not? I mean, it's a new Five Andrew. years ago, this was in the making. That's wild. So. God, God is so kind. Yes. And how beautiful of you to 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 at like to ask, you know, to ask your father to say like, "Hey, this yeah. is a desire of my heart." Mm-hmm. Um yeah, there is definitely power in prayer. Absolutely. Absolutely. I prayed for my sister to be born, and she was. <laughs> you know, like Wait, tell <laughs> us that. How old were you? I was uh probably 4 years old, mm. an only child, and I asked my mom, I was like, Mom, why why won't God answer my prayers? Because I would pray every night for a, a baby brother or sister. <sighs> and she was like, um, I don't know. <laughs> like, she didn't know what to tell me because she had a really tough time uh, with her pregnancies and, and miscarried. And and um, it was just it was really tough. And me as a little girl didn't know mm-hmm. what that meant. I was just like, you either have one or you don't. Like, what's happening? <laughs> you know? So I... Um, just prayed for her. And my mom always says, you know, Brooke, your sister's the reason you're here. (laughs) (laughs) 
So. Oh, beautiful. Yeah. What was kind of your journey growing up? Did you grow up in a household full of faith? When did it kind of really become your own? It sounds like even from childhood, you were very like, very uh, in in awe or just believed. Yeah. Well, I think um, I think I kind of had to be just because I don't know if I've ever told you this story because this is this is a new journey for me even just opening up about this. But um my I was an accident. Mm-hmm. I um I was not planned and I was not supposed to be here. Um my mom got pregnant by um a man who I think they were planning on getting married. I don't know the story. Um, but she raised me and kept me on her own, even when his side of the family rejected the idea they wanted her to abort me. Um, they, and it's so funny because they were pastors of a church too, and they just thought it looked bad for their son to have gotten this girl pregnant and without being married, you know, and so she carried a lot of that shame because she didn't want to be, that was not what she had planned for her life. Mm. And she had a, a pretty rough upbringing as well. Um, and so she was trying to break free of that, the generational mm-hmm. cycles that happen. And and I'm so grateful for my mom that um, she had the strength to pull herself out of that. Mm. And that was because of the Lord. Mm. And so um, for three years, she was raising me on her own. I was every every day going to a new babysitter. Mm. Um, sometimes she'd leave me in the car because she didn't have someone to look for me and look look after me. She'd leave me in the car in the parking lot to go to work. Mm. And so a lot of my my first years were just unsettled. And, and I was looking for something that was, <laughs> um, constant mm. and that was a, that was a hard thing, um, for me. I didn't have that, um, until she met my, my now dad, this, my, oh, my dad, I love him so much. She met him and, um, they got married and, and he just, I'm getting choked up because he's just amazing. Mm. Ooh, I love my dad so much. Mm. But um, yeah, he's he's a good father, and he showed me what it looks like to be, um, to to have a father that loves you and won't abandon you. Mm. And he was the representation of our of our heavenly father to me, and that was just um, essential for my life and that gave me the groundedness that I needed to um to be able to succeed in this life and to be able to um push forward and to tell people how loved they are and even if they were abandoned or not wanted like you are by the lord who created the universe himself like he he loves you so much that he sent his son to die on the cross for you no matter what you've done, no matter how awful and evil, the evil things that you think about or the evil things you've done, no, he loves you. He loves his children and he wants the best for them. So it's amazing. It's just amazing. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I, I had to not talk about it for a while just because I think my mom just felt so much shame about what she did and um, I saw a picture of my biological father for the first time during the pandemic. Wow. You know, and it's been 30 plus years <laughs> that I just have pictured um, just like almost like a gremlin. <laughs> kind of, like in my head, I pictured this very um, ugly hmm. man because um, I just that's just what I pictured I mean someone who abandons their child to mm-hmm. me would have to be pretty ugly <laughs> um so much pain there so there, yeah it was a lot of pain 
but I've learned to forgive. I've learned to forgive myself too. Um, and that has been so much more rewarding because I think a lot of what I tried to do as a younger um, artist was to be so successful to try to get back at him almost in a way. Mm. Be like, look what you missed out on. Oh. Um, but once I gave that up and forgave him, I was like, no, I'm doing this for me now. Mm. Like I'm, I'm, I'm doing what I love because I enjoy it, not because it's going to, you know, have sort of some impact of this person I don't know. Mm. And I, I don't know if I'm really going off topic, if this is what you meant to talk about, but, um, those are just things that have been on my heart lately. So I, I hope it blesses someone that is maybe thinking that, you know, nobody, nobody really believes in them. Nobody really cares about them and their dreams don't matter, but they do. They do. And, and even if no one here on earth may say that to you, the Lord has got you and he will make your dreams a reality. If you work hard and, you know, obviously, um, really are intentional about following those dreams. But um, I love to say, um, do one thing every single day that will lead to your dreams. Mm-hmm. And for me, instead of saying to your dreams, I said to your Broadway debut. <laughs> so there's one thing every single day. Um, so I, you know, even if it was small, like waking up in the morning, and that was a hard thing to do, that was a success for me. Mm. The next thing would be, you know, getting my headshot and resume together. The next day would be going to class. The next day would be, you know, finding an agent. The next day would be, you know, just one thing every single day. And that makes it way more manageable to be able to reach those dreams instead of just going, wow, that's too big for me. I can't do it. It's mm-hmm. too overwhelming. Um, and that is just uh, the best advice I think I can share with someone who's trying to get into this business because mm. um, it can be overwhelming. Yeah. Especially when you think you're alone. But Yeah. Lauren, yeah. thank you. <laughs> you're welcome. Thank you for sharing. Yeah. Wow. As you're talking about, you know, these daily things that you're doing, you know, in service of what you believe you've been called to, um, I just think the distinction between like you said, doing it from a place where you were trying to sort of prove mm-hmm. your value mm-hmm. um, to your biological dad versus almost like doing it for your heavenly father. Absolutely. And the freedom that's found in that. Absolutely. Um, because he's the only unshakable one in all of the universe absolutely and how beautiful I want to know what the journey of forgiveness was like for you um and if someone listening is having a process where they're struggling to forgive Mm -hmm. uh, can you just share a little bit uh about what it was like to forgive um him and then also yourself yeah um it took many years many many years and I think the, the impetus that really started it was when I first moved to New York. Um, I had a lot of time by myself. Hmm. Um, a lot of stillness, a lot of quietness. Because um, it was it, once I moved here, I booked Hamilton within six months, which is wild to me. Um, Amazing. But in those six months, there's a lot of... Uh, reflection I was Mm -hmm. living on my own and um just I think that's what it was was sometimes doubts creep in Mm -hmm. and you have to really do some soul searching and going and go like where where are those doubts coming from who's telling me that um Mm. is it true Mm -hmm. and finding out um maybe where some of your insecurities are from like to me it all led up to that was just the abandonment that I had felt and I had to process through it I was forced to to be able to release myself of um this hurt that I felt of not being 
enough, not being worthy, because you can't go into an audition and not be confident. <laughs> you really can't. You I mean, have to be. I, they have. You have to like just kind of have this sense of like it doesn't matter what happens, you know, in these audition rooms. And I'm sure you've we've been on hundreds of auditions, and then combined, it's in the thousands. I'm sure. So, you know, <laughs> going back to you know circling it back you you need to uh believe in yourself and sometimes that takes some soul searching before you even get in the room mm. and because the casting directors they can smell it from a mile away you know they they want you to succeed because it makes their job easier um so knowing that is really helpful too um but then also just like having confidence in yourself and going, yeah, you know what? Sometimes I'm a mess, but that's how God made me. And that's a beautiful thing. And there's nobody else in this world who's just like me. And you have to show that side of you. And I think that's what's so beautiful about Hamilton is that they wanted to see individuals who were not all the same. We all have come from different backgrounds, different stories, different nationalities, different cultures. Mm. And that's what makes the story so beautiful because we're not cookie cutter. Yeah. Even though the girl I replaced, we looked maybe similar, we're not the same, mm -hmm. you know. Um, so that's a really, really beautiful thing that Lynn has created and that the the, the creative team has really tried to um present in this show and I think that's what makes it such a success yeah it's beautiful and you were saying like this in those six months that you had sort of by yourself in the rest time mm -hmm. to process all of this mm -hmm. and you know I've heard it said like forgiveness is um it's as if you you are in a cage like a little bird cage or something and you actually are holding the key in your hand oh yeah and forgiving oh, yeah. is letting yourself out of the cage it's not Ooh. it's not affirming Preach. oh what that person did is okay it's not saying that yeah but it's letting the debt of what they owe you yeah just yeah um exactly you hand it you hand it to god yeah uh and you, you've that's so interesting that you felt confident and empowered as you were going into these auditions. Do you think that part of it was the emotional, spiritual work that you did uh, with yourself and with your biological dad before this whole process? Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. And isn't it amazing how intertwined our life as an artist is? Oh, my gosh. With, like, our actual our spiritual yes. life. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You can't separate it. Your your mental health, your physical health, and your spiritual health are all intertwined in this beautiful cord of three strands. And you can't go into um, any show you're doing and just think that it's, you know, I'm doing it physically or, you know, like you have to give yourself um, grace and, and also know that, like, rest is really important. Mm. Um making sure you're taking care of your temple, your body, um, your mental health, um, mm -hmm. spending time with friends, family, um, and your spiritual health. Yeah. Being consistent and staying in the word and really, um, you know, making sure that all of those beautiful things are intertwined because if one is not really as healthy as the other, it's going to affect the others. Yeah. Or this idea that like, oh, okay, the job's going to, like, fix it all. Like, okay, if I get the oh, steady paycheck, yeah. if I get the gig, oh, man. that's no. that's going to, like, cleanse everything. Nope. And, mm -hmm. yeah, I think we can both speak from personal experience. <laughs> We've gotten the chance to do some pretty cool things. Yeah. And it's and it's a good uh, – it's just it just draws – I think it draws my heart back to, like, oh, yes, okay, my constant – my one thing, my healer, my mm -hmm. purpose is like not the jobs. It's not absolutely the things. It's uh, much, much deeper and higher. Yeah. You know, it has to be, at least for me, it has to be constantly reoriented. Mm -hmm. um, so, th 
away from what my flesh would say or like what society is like, this is going to get the Corvette and it's going to solve all your problems. Yeah. Um, it's, and I imagine, sorry to cut you off. No, no. I imagine it's, it's almost like getting married. I'm not married, Mm. but you think, oh, once I have the husband, (laughs) my life is going to be like a fairy tale, you know? Um, it's the same thing. Once you get that job, that one that you've really wanted, all of your craziness is just highlighted (laughs) (laughs) even more so. So it's, it's like a, it's like a marriage in a way. I, I, I'm again, I've never been married. I don't know, but from what I've heard, um, you have to be so, um, stable in who you are first in order for those things to really, um, and not bring you down and not tear you down because with um, great success comes great responsibility. Mm. And um, to whom much is given, much is required. Mm-hmm. And I've, I've felt that many, many times over because, um, you know, sometimes you're you're not equipped to handle these things until you've done some work beforehand. Anyways, yeah, I feel like I'm repeating myself, but I hope that makes sense. Yeah, also the idea like that marriage is magnifying. Mm. So it magnifies the good stuff. It also magnifies the funk. And so it's exposing in a way. Mm -hmm. But it's exposing. um, There is so much growth that is possible once you can name the funk. Mm -hmm. Because it's hard to heal what you won't reveal. You can't really heal what you won't reveal. (laughs) So it's very revealing. And and yeah, yeah, if you're put into like a high stakes job, like Mm -hmm. carrying this role in Hamilton, you know, and doing this original Broadway cast thing, like there's a lot of stakes that come with that. And because of the emotional work that it is, it can bring stuff to the surface. But there's an opportunity there to go deeper, to prune, (laughs) to let go of old stuff and grow in more to the person that God really has you to be. Um, that's beautiful. Question for you about Bad Cinderella. Yes, yes, yes. Tell us, and before we talk about that, hang on, before I get too far ahead, I want to just really, like, honor your, um, vulnerability with us today, because I know, I know that, and I pray that, um, this is just gonna land in the exact ears that it's Mm -hmm. supposed to, um, and that it's going to be almost like a balm of like meeting somebody where they are and to be a healing balm and mm-hmm. planting seeds of whatever God's trying to do in other people's lives. And Absolutely. So thank you. Yes, thank, thank you, you for Absolutely. giving me the platform to do that. Absolutely. Um, what's Bad Cinderella about? <laughs> why, what, why should we go see it? <laughs> Because you're in it. (laughs) It's so fun. It's so different from Hamilton Um, in, in like, the best way. Um, It is about Cinderella. She's bad. She's like, I'm not your bad. She's not. Wait, 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 wait. The tagline is, um, I'm not your Cinderella. I'm your bad Cinderella. And it's, it's just a fun, campy, good time to see this woman um, struggle through finding her own self. Um, she is a rebel in this city of Belleville, and nobody likes her because she's not the, um, the beautiful on the outside um, that everyone else is. Everyone else has had plastic surgery and you mm. know facelifts and peels and they and they um they've all seen the godmother in this town that has um is all about superficial beauty she's trying to find that inner beauty that can compare to um what she lacks on the outside Mm. she kind of bucks the system right because the the town is like obsessed with external things yes and she's like no i don't want to do that and so she's disliked because of that rebelliousness but it's like a good rebelliousness yeah (laughs) because she's seeing like hey this isn't healthy right 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 and and the most beautiful part of the show is that um she fails actually she actually goes to see the godmother to 
get all of those things that she has been desperately trying to avoid. Oh. And uh, it's it's a really, really beautiful thing to see a character kind of fail in a story because then you empathize with them later when they realize, oh, dang, like maybe that wasn't the best decision. Mm, so she know? does kind of fall for it after a while. She does, She's yeah. like, you know what? Okay, maybe I do need this. And then ultimately real we're not gonna give too much away i know i'm trying you still should see it (laughs) (laughs) i truly cannot wait i mean you all know the story of cinderella this is just like a really cool twist about um how you know our journey with our our self-love is very different and sometimes you give into the lies that you hear you know because because sometimes the society overpowers the voices um, in your head that are saying that you're enough and that you're beautiful. And that's what I love about the story. And so I, I definitely can relate. And I think it's a, um, uh, a good message to, to tell. Um, and it's just, <laughs> I, you know, if you do bring kids, I, I, I definitely suggest you do. But if you do bring them, there are some like, um, innuendos and outuendos <laughs> maybe maybe like pg-13 maybe pg-13 okay yeah. like they probably wouldn't understand it just think of it as like uh like a shrek or a mm. okay like it's a fairy tale but it like adults really um they would understand the the references different layers yes there's okay. it's layered for thank, sure thank you for the heads up Yes, of course, of for, course. For folks that are going to, you know, yeah. come listen. But Andrew did, uh, Andrew Lloyd Webber did say, he's like, you know, I'm too old to just not have fun. He's <laughs> like, so I want you all to just have fun. And we're like, okay, he said it. So we're just having a blast on stage. That's awesome. Low stakes. How do you get through and even flourish eight shows a week? How do you care for your body and your voice? Rest. Drink lots of water. I don't drink. I don't smoke. I don't do any drugs. Um, I just take care of my body um, the way you're supposed to. I, I eat healthy. I eat all my vegetables and all my fruit. <laughs> uh, yeah. And uh, and just, uh, yeah, I say those things. What is a daily habit that you have that you would encourage other people? Even if they're not doing eight shows a week, like what is a daily thing that you do? Uh, always learn. Always keep learning. Love it. Um, never think that you're done learning. I'm I'm going to class after this. You know. Like, really? Yeah. Absolutely. This is your day off and you're so tired and you're going to class. I know. I usually don't do it on my day off. I really try to take my, my Sabbath day. Um, but this uh this woman that I've been trying to see is uh available. Is teaching. So, yeah. Oh, that is that's awesome. Yeah. I hope you have the best time. Thank you. Thank Absolutely. you. I'm going to my voice lesson, then a dance class. <laughs> I'm so excited. Y'all, yeah. this is some Broadway <laughs> realness right here. Yes. Yeah, constantly keep going to class, keep learning. Um, yeah, I went back to, like, school, too, during the pandemic. What? Yes. What kind of school? Like, college. I never, I, I graduated high school and started working right after. So I didn't get a chance to go to college or be, like, like a... Like a normal person, I guess you could say. <laughs> so I'm doing it now online. Amazing. What is your focus? Uh, kinesiology. Oh, girl, what? This I love is... science. Just slip, <laughs> slipping that in right at the end of the interview. I love it. Oh, my gosh. Is there anything else that you'd like to share with us before we wrap up? Um, that whoever is listening, just know that I love you. Mm. and um, And you can do it. That you have what it takes. The Lord has equipped you with, with enough to be able to do whatever you want. And uh, if nobody else tells you, I am. I'm telling you right now. Hmm. I feel like you should squeeze my hand and um, just like she did in the bubble every single night. Oh. Lauren's squeezing my hand right now. You are a light. And looking Miss into Amanda my eyes. Jean. Oh, I love you. I love you too. What so is it funny. like working with Lin-Manuel Miranda? He's amazing. When I first met him, I was first of all in shock. I d- wasn't expecting to see him. He was he just shows up at the theater, um, which is incredible. And you're just like, that's right. Yeah, I, you kind of live here. That's so cool. Yeah, like this is it, the Richard Rogers is his home. Like that's where in the in the Heights was mm. opened, and um, you know, that's where Hamilton is currently. And 
he talks so fast, <laughs> so fast. And me from California, like I'm, I'm a pretty methodical, like slow talker. So when he first said words to me, <laughs> I didn't even know what he said. I had to slow it down in my brain and replay it. Mm-hmm. And I stood in front of him for a good 10 seconds before responding. And he looked at me like, are you going to speak? <laughs> he probably gets this all the time where people oh, are probably. just sort of like so, yeah. simultaneously starstruck and also just like keeping up with his pace. Oh, yeah. Oh, he's so quick. He's so gracious and wonderful. Yeah. I've, I've met him a few times and it's just, yeah. yeah. And 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 he came in um, after, because I, when I booked the show, I was just in the ensemble. Um, and it was a few months later that they asked me to add on the Peggy Mariah role which was incredible um and he came into the women's dressing room one day and he he looks around he's like hey ladies and he goes you congratulations i heard you got the understudy role and i was like again i just like had mouth open and just stared at him like what is happening Lin-Manuel just came in and congratulated. And I was like, how does he know? And of course he was gone by the time I even was like, <laughs> thank you. Like, ha- so gracious. So quick. Great. You have to be on your toes with him. You know, go, go, go. Like, you know. Yeah. Oh, wow. <laughs> Lauren, thank you. Thank you for coming on the podcast today. Thank you. I'm going to leave some stuff in the show notes so that you can find Lauren online. So you can see all the things that she's up to. Um, and some encouragements even from our conversation. I just, girl, I'm so glad that we did this today. Yay, me too. And I can't wait to get my tickets. Yeah, girl. It's a bad Cinderella. And also, um, do a coffee date with you sometime soon. Absolutely. After you're out of this crazy schedule. Yes. Have fun at your voice lesson and your Thank dance you. class. Thank you. I'm inspired. <laughs> I, think, I think I might go do those things today. Yeah. I'll see you at the dance class. Don't be intimidated. I am going to be really good and right up front. <laughs> you are so talented, girl. What are you talking about? Listen, I can tell the story with my body. I just cannot do like three fuete turns, you know? Yeah. But who does that on stage anymore? Well, good point. Maybe an American in Paris. You can teach me. You can teach me. (laughs) All right. Well, thanks, y'all, for joining us as always. Thank you so much. Feel free to rate, review, subscribe, follow, all the good things. We would love a five-star review if you'd be so kind to give it, but only do it if you really want to. Um, Thank you so much, and we will see you next time. Bye. Bye. Bye.